Hello friends, my name is Ross Furio. I am one of the pastors at Bluff Park United Methodist Church, and I am excited to be with you today on the podcast. Today our lectionary readings take us all the way back to the beginning, all the way back to the book of Genesis. So let's read together Genesis 1, and we're just going to read verses 1 through 5 for now. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. My guess is that you are at least loosely familiar with the first couple of chapters of Genesis, that it is a story of creation, how God brought our world into existence, bringing order out of chaos. And it is an amazing story where God speaks the cosmos into existence, showcasing all of the creation power that God holds. And specifically in Genesis 1, we get a cycle where God names something, where God separates it, and then God calls it good. We just saw that cycle. God named the light day and the darkness night. He separated the two from one another, and then God saw that the light was good. Lather, rinse, and repeat. Because we get that same cycle for the water and for the sky, for the water and the dry land, for the vegetation, for the sun and the moon, for the living creatures like birds and sea monsters and cattle and creeping things and all of the animals of the earth. And then last is humankind. Made in the image of God, but again named and separated as male and female, and then of course called good. And if you're like me, when, when you read that cycle, you might be thinking, of course it's good. It was made by God. And we don't believe that God would make something bad or even that God is capable of doing bad things. So it seems a little redundant that after every single thing that is created, God makes sure to call it good. That Hebrew word that we translate as good here is tov. It's spelled T-O-B. And like most Hebrew words, it carries a couple of different meanings. One of them is close to how we would typically use the word good, and that is to call something categorically good, meaning that it is good, not bad. Like a bookshelf is good, or a chair is good, or a computer is good, or a piece of paper is good, right? You get it. We use this language all of the time. And I think if we use that definition of this word when we read the creation narrative, it really doesn't make a ton of sense. But another interpretation for this word is that it's not saying good in the categorical sense, but in the relational sense. Oftentimes, tov is more about describing the relationship between you and the bookshelf or between you and the piece of paper or you and your friends or you and your spouse or you and God or perhaps you and creation. 
So when it's used here in Genesis 1, we shouldn't really read it as creation being categorically good instead of being bad, but rather as creation, as light, and the sky, and the land, and the water, and the sun, and the moon, and the vegetation, and all of the creatures of the sea, and of the land, and of us as humans, as us being in right, and whole, and in complete relationship with God. God created, and then he called it good, because God intends on maintaining a good, and whole, and loving relationship with all that he has created. The question for us is how do we go from Genesis 1, where everything is in whole and complete and harmonious relationship with God, to just a few chapters later, when it's only one family that is spared from the sweeping and destructive waters of the flood that cover the whole face of the earth? How do we go from something that is so clearly good to something that is so clearly not good? The short answer to that question is sin. And I think you all know that. The phrasing that we typically use in in the Genesis worldview is the fall. The moment when Adam and Eve started to go, decided to go with the word of the serpent instead of following the direction of God. And it did not end well for either one of them. And that moment is really what started the spiral of drifting further and further and further away from God. But I think the longer answer to that question, the answer that I want us to see today, is yes, sin, but but more specifically that we as humans started trying to do work that was only intended for God to do. And here's what I mean by that. In Genesis chapter 1, God creates, like we've already said, by naming, separating, and deeming good. In Genesis 2, in the second account of creation, when God creates man, he realizes that it's not a good thing that he, that man, is left alone. And God's response is to make the animals of the ground. And I want us to read that moment. It's in Genesis 2, it's it's verses 18 and 20. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground, the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for the man, there was not found a helper as his partner. Do you see what's happening here? God isn't the one doing the naming and the separating. Adam, man, humans, we are the ones doing the separating and the naming. In fact, if you remember back To the first creation story, though it is told a little different, humans there are invited to have dominion over all of creation. Or in other words, to watch over and to care for and to organize the animals and the land itself. So in both tellings of creation, in the first three chapters of our Bible, humans are called by God to join him in that core 
work of creation, naming and separating and caring and maintaining a relationship with creation itself. I think a lot of what it means that we are created in the image of God, that we are divine image bearers, I think it rests on our capacity, on our God-given ability and our calling to create as God creates, to create art and music, to write and to build gardens and cities, to create families and homes. I think we bear the image of God the most when we are willing to be a people who are creating as God calls us, doing our best to steward over creation. There is only one thing that God asks humans not to do under any circumstance, and you know what it is. We find it in Genesis 2, verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, you may freely eat of any tree in the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. Y'all, do you see it? God calls humans to be co-creators with him, to name and to separate, to care for and to watch over all of creation. All of that is God work. And we know that it is God work because God does it in chapter one. But there is a part of that God work that we were never meant to have our hand in, and it has to do with that word good. It's that same word, tov, that's used here, just like in chapter one. So the connection is clear. Adam and Eve were never supposed to be worried about calling things good or not good. They were never meant to judge things themselves or the relationship between things as good or not good. That work was only meant for God. And it becomes immediately apparent why. Because you know the story. They ate from the tree. Their eyes were opened. And the first thing they felt was the shame of their nakedness. After they hid from God, they were kicked out of the garden. And the next thing we know, Cain kills Abel because he seems to think that God's relationship with his brother is better than his relationship with his brother. And Cain's solution to that problem is that he should kill his brother so that maybe his relationship with God will be better. And since the beginning of time, friends, not much has changed. Most of our conflict, most of our trouble, a lot of our pain that exists in the world is because of humans engaging in that God work. And look, I know that our understanding of God has changed and grown since these first few chapters of Scripture. This was before the Israelites received the law and certainly before humans had any knowledge of Christ as Savior. But I think that the core message remains the same. God calls us from the very beginning to be co-creators with him. It's what sets us apart from the rest of creation. It's how we are called to bear the image of God to follow our passions, to mold and to shape the gifts and graces that we all have, to be willing to create something out of nothing, to use our vision and our energy to create in ways that care for creation and bring glory to God, to do so in ways that serve creation and our neighbor, to be generous with our time and with our energy, 
to trust that the image of God, that that Holy Spirit is working and moving through us, equipping us for where God is calling us to go and create. But so often, so often, instead of focusing on that, we get caught up in thinking that we have the authority to call something good or not good. Because we know that the truth is that when we try and act as judges, when we try and do that work of deeming good and not good, that it makes it a whole lot harder for us to love our neighbors as ourselves. So today, I feel like I'm just left left wondering, wondering what would happen if we stopped doing what God never intended for us to do. If we stopped trying to be judges and instead just focused on that core calling of dominion and care over creation that God calls us to. What if we started trusting God to do that work of good and not good, and we instead focused on bearing the image of God the best way that we possibly can, knowing that if we do, it will point others towards the hope that we have found in our own identity as God's children. I can't help but think, of Jesus in his final moments here with us on earth and the call to his followers to do just that. The language is different, don't get me wrong, but the calling is the same. Christ tells us to go and make disciples, to go and spread this message, to go out to create communities of believers, to go and spread the good news by our speaking and by our living, to go and be a people who are caring for, watching over, and pouring into the rest of creation. Christ calls us to go and have dominion over creation, to leave it better than we found it, to point it back to him. The charge from Jesus is to not be judges, but to be creators. Creators of space and opportunity for our neighbors to hear the good news of the gospel to hear the truth that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, trusting that God will do the rest. Friends, my hope for us is that we would simply be willing to bear the image of God. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.